Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bay Cave Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast. So down. With me, your host, Freddie Aloso, with my co-host, Stevie G. What's up, guys? Let's go. With my other co-host, the Devil's Advocate, Robert Fain. Today, uh, the anniversary of the death of Jim the Anvil Nyhart. Two years ago today. And our other co-host, Blackbeard himself, the Encyclopedia. And gentlemen... And gentlemen the newest, hottest move in wrestling today, the punt kick. Randy Orton and Pat McAfee. Boom, boom, boom. So if you guys know how to punt, and Steven, I think Jaden was working on punting a couple years ago, he could be a wrestler. Who's Pat McAfee? <laughs> That's great. He's one of the hottest sports talk show guys out there oh. No wonder my my talk show deletes the you today. You actually very much enjoy his show. Okay, I'll have to check it out. He's entertaining, he, but he's actually going to be facing Adam Cole at Takeover Thirty. Wait, wait, wait! Is this the guy Adam Cole like bugged out on? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I love how people are like, "This is such a work," and I'm like, "Yo, I don't know." He seemed kind of pissed. Like, it was a good work. <laughs> They worked the shit out of that. So wait, they're fighting? Yeah. Where? Yep. At TakeOver 30, a uh, week from Saturday. Wait, WWE is a part of this? Like, legit? Wow. Interesting. See, guys, I-, I haven't watched as much as I should. This is horrible. Wow. So last week, they Triple H uh, appeared on his show, invited him to come to NXT and square things away with Adam Cole. They supposedly did that backstage, and then when the Undisputed Era was challenging Imperium for the NXT tag belts, Adam Cole was ringside, and McAfee was commentating and continuing to making stupid short jokes, and Cole got in his face about it, and they ended up brawling. And then as Cole was lying stomach down on the announcer's table, McAfee tried to punt his head off, and then Triple H actually grabbed him, shoved him, and threw him out of the building. Well, while we're talking like random, like funny facts, like you know, like you guys mentioned this whole punt thing, uh, did you? How many of you guys watch AEW this week? I did most of it. All right, did you guys happen to notice? I forgot what wrestler did it, but someone mistakenly called a punch the Superman punch, and Jim Ross just like jumped in or something. It was like, oh, what a great punch that was, or some shit. They've been calling it that for weeks. Have they? Yeah. Yo, they're ripping on Roman too. <laughs> like, well, not it's, the, it's a move, I guess. I guess that's why they're calling it that. That's an MMA move. A lot of the UFC fighters, uh, I think GSP George St. Pierre used to be famous. notorious for that. Yeah. Again, I'm out of the loop again. Why did I even come on today? Because we love you, dude, and you always have something fun to say. That was homo. Go on. I I actually I thought it was funny last night also when. Luchasaurus got into the camera and said, 65 million years, and I finally got a title shot, Mom. And then Taz says to JR, Hey, JR, did you call that match? And, he was, and JR, like, it was like, Okay, asshole. <laughs> so, is this the beginning of our AEW conversation or our NXT conversation? Well, let's let's jump into AEW. That was a we, just, we finally got a finished product 
on the AEW Championship or TNT television title. <laughs> it looked the same. What do you guys think? <laughs> Well, do we do we even really get a finished product because Brody Lee had the old one, so it's I like mean, it looks like they gave him a new one and just didn't finish the old one. Like the prototype <laughs> isn't very different from the real thing. Like even when you laid the belt side by side, there's a picture floating around the internet, and I'm like, oh, so uh, they purchased one from the AEW shop store, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It was an improvement, but yeah, I think they could have done a better job on it, but whatever. I mean, if you go to Undisputed Belts for the fantasy football titles, they're now adding letters, just like how TNT is on the front. And you can get that belt for $100. So, your choice. It's not a bad idea. Does anybody feel like Brody Lee is an odd choice to wrestle Cody next? I think I was actually going to bring that up. Um, I, without the build, yes. However, I think you got to put that belt on Brody Lee now. Yeah, I think he, I think that I think that's it for Cody, right? I mean, yeah. I think it's odd that they're not doing it at all out. But the next episode of AEW goes up against the first hour of NXT Takeover Thirty because the NBA is preempting AEW. Yeah, I think till the twenty second, right? They're, the next two Wednesdays, they're actually preempted. So, welcome AEW. Now you know the pain that WWE used to have with the Westminster Dog Show all those years. NXT still won't win the next two weeks. Just kidding. <laughs> well, against the NBA, I wouldn't think so. But yeah, I, I'd be surprised if NXT even cracks a million viewers. I think it's sad that neither show cracks a million viewers a week, but... Um, there was a segment with the Young Bucks against the Butcher and the Blade that I think just went over a million viewers for the first time in several months. So, it was progress. My tw- I think my tweet of the week has to go to, and I actually texted you guys a direct link to this, um, MJF is got a petition going on change.org to ban the paradigm shift. Yeah, I wouldn't sign that. I. Oh, I did. That's horrible. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, but... Hey, let's give a shout out to Ricky Morton, who took a spike pile driver this weekend. What is he, like 60? That was great. He died right after. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Robert Gibson gets Robert Gibson gets hit in the back, and Ricky Morton takes a spike pile driver. I mean, wow. Like, R- Ricky Morton, isn't he probably like 78 or something? And this guy still wrestles like probably 365 Dude, days a year? they just won the, the uh, what was it, the NWA Tag Team Championship NWA a, few weeks, a few months yeah. ago crazy like whoever thought you put championship belts on men with sloppy tits <laughs> uh rick flair <laughs> true the originator of sloppy tits <laughs> he's actually ricky morton's actually only 63 i i thought he was older damn that's crazy what i think is funny he still has that haircut yeah he looks at least 75 at least <laughs> 75 <laughs> I got to give the guy credit, though. I thought he actually looked better now than he did the last time he was on their show. And he sold that pile drive spike like a champ, man. I think Young Bucks should take notes on how to sell from their mentor. Come on. Right before that, they were saying Young Bucks is the greatest tag team of our generation. So you can't really like talk about them selling when when the Rock and Roll Express said they're the greatest of our generation. Come on. It's the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> because that wasn't part of the script. 
when was the last time Rock and Roll Express was relevant? Any good? That's <laughs> too much. Rob can tell us. Uh, like I said, they just won the NWA Tag Team Championship a few months ago. I mean, you so, gotta. I mean, you know, they're in. They were on TV. I'll be at YouTube. And our truth is champion as well. So. I mean, I mean they're, they're just like a tag <laughs> I'm team. I'm missing a connection team. there, but all right. They're they're just a everybody tag gets team excited That's about. Like, you know, even like the local league that we talked about numerous times, Northeast Wrestling. Like they they uh they they for their over top over the top event this past January they originally advertised that the rock and roll express was coming and it's like the way they advertise it's like you're supposed to go nuts and some people are like oh this is such a great ad and i'm like sitting there i'm like oh my god i hope they cancel and like two weeks later they canceled i was like yes <laughs> thank you like because seriously what a waste of talent and what did we get um in place of them um what's uh freddie's guys uh tommy tunga or whatever and whatever the other guy's name is freddie i'm drawing a blank Oh, the uh, Girls of War or something? Uh, so, yeah. Tamatanga and his brother. Yes. They replaced Rock and Roll Express on that show. I'm so happy. That that they were so great to see live. Did did Ricky Morton Ricky Morton touch you in an inappropriate place, Steven? No, I've never actually <laughs> seen him live. No. You can tell us. Right. You can tell the truth. It's okay. You're in a safe space. No, nah, this no. Nah, <laughs> you know, did Robert get somebody in the room? room with him and Shayna Baszler? <laughs> Shayna Baszler. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to go throw up. Thank you. Uh, all right. You know what? I guess there's a plus to Steven missing so much wrestling, he didn't have to watch the Raw Underground segment, huh? Oh, my gosh. Just more. No, I watched Raw, but, like, the first two hours. When they were like, oh, Raw Underground coming up next, I seriously just laid down and put the covers over my head. So I did not see that segment at all or the last hour. But okay, I, I might that. be in the minority on this. No, you are. No, you're not. Go ahead. Raw Underground is kind of growing on me a little bit. I'm... I'm liking the way? way they're going with it. What? In what way? Because he has his he has his poster child Matt Damon on the wall from Fight Club, and every time he sees it, he thinks of him all sweaty and hot fighting Matt all these. Damon? No, no, Matt Damon. Sorry, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Sorry, Brad Pitt. Okay. All right. <laughs> so Steve, Come on, Steve, Steve, like every other movie together. <laughs> Steve, we just threw in from last night. Matt Damon, Shayna Baszler, and Ricky Morton. Yo, fucking F. Mary Kill. F. Go Mary ahead. Kill. <laughs> it's not my turn, all right? It's been Freddie's turn for like three freaking months. Bob's pussed out on it. But now it's oh, it's growing on me a little bit. They're showcasing newer talent, some talent that don't get on. I mean, it's the newest thing we've gotten since. They've pushed cinematic matches down our throats. Um, I like something a little different, a little new. It appeals to the MMA side of me, so that kind of gets me on it. So that, well, that's how I feel about Raw Underground. I feel like they're mocking their own products. Listen. Because MMA is real and, this, and wrestling is not. And this is kind of somewhere in between, and it makes no sense. You're either wrestler or it's MMA. It's not some kind of weird hybrid i think it cheapens both sports by doing that all right well listen as far as this goes i'm gonna tell you what will get it make it interesting for me okay there's three key things they're missing okay 
one oil barrels. Okay. The big like oil barrels, right? Two fire. And three, the biggest of them all, Zeus. Zeus comes out, I'm watching it, all right? <laughs> Zeus comes out, I will watch it. And if someone's standing on the side with a rip em shirt, I'm, I'm there, all right? I will watch Raw Underground. So um, 21, 21 years ago, the movie No Holes Barred was released in theaters, and Steve just relived it so for us. It's more than 21 years ago because, for God's sakes, Toy Story is officially 25 years old, the original movie I found out today. So... No, 31 you're right no, yeah no holds barred is definitely way older but come on you don't think it kind of reminds you of that opening scene like where you first see zeus and he kicks the shit out of uh ripple uh whatever the guy's name's brother hulk hogan's brother it reminds me of def jam's icons Yo, the, the playstation game the playstation game <laughs> Yo, give me maybe because i was a huge fan of that game is another reason why I'm a fan of, of Raw Underground. So I'm just saying, guys, Freddie, back in the day when he'd play this, he'd throw up his Wu-Tang symbols and he'd play, bro. Like... <laughs> I don't hate it. Um, I think it does give an opportunity for some other people, but I don't know where this is fitting in. Um, if it was like a totally separate show, maybe. Like if they had tried it on the network, because right. as Rob said, it is a wrestling show. Where is the tie-in? And maybe I, we got to be patient. Um, we did. We've been crying for something new, quite a bit, and we ended up with cinematic matches. Now we ended up with Raw Undergrounds. They're trying. Um, I don't know if it's going to work. I think we need to be patient to see where this goes. But as of right now, where it's going, uh, there's a lot of question marks, and I don't think it's clear to anybody what, where it's really going. Um, and case in point, Shayna Baszler. Got in Sasha Banks' face last week, and then all of a sudden this week, she's beating the crap out of four women on Royal Underground. Well, how is that going to get you a title shot? <laughs> that... Typical WWE, it's going to go nowhere. It, exactly. It's, it's a place for extra talent because they've taken on too many people, and that's exactly what they're doing. Yes, should it be on a separate show? Absolutely. So maybe, maybe if you throw them an hour show, you get some uh, more exposure. But then what happens at the pay-per-views? Are you going to have, like... Are you going to have pay-per-view split into three three or four brands now? And then one of them being this Raw Underground? Like, it's going to look like SummerSlam back in the 2000s. Like, Raw, ECW, and SmackDown present. Like, Raw Underground presents SummerSlam. Brought to you by Stridex. That was one of the sponsors, right? Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. You guys are like, yeah, they, they gave yeah. me nothing for remembering that? No, sorry. Now, what do, you, what do you guys think of retribution? It's, where it's, where it's, are you guys on, you know, Antifa? I mean, retribution. Yeah, before we get too detailed in that, you saw the end of SmackDown, I'm guessing, right? Right. Yeah, if they mess ring up and spray paint it, all you need is John Cena for them to beat the shit out of him with a turnbuckle when he had Nexus. <laughs> To get Michael Cole choked out and fired exactly. by Daniel Bryan. Yep, yep. <laughs> it was actually Justin Roberts, but anyway, no. Um, True, you're right. Close, they're, close. They're both, yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, when that whole segment on SmackDown was over and they were like showing the damage, I'm like, this looks like the Dark Knight ride at Six Flags. Like with the spray paint and everything getting smashed up and everything. I was like, what are they trying to be the Joker's gang or something? Where, where is this going? And then this week, they cut 
to outside and the car is just flipped over and they're screaming around it. I'm like, what the hell is this? And there's rumors that some of the guys and gals in this group are some of the people that were probably released in April. Um, there's a rumor that Rusev might be one of them, although I don't quite see how he would fit in there. I'm mean, one of them the size I, of Rusev, but if that was the case and they had a bunch of those guys, that would be great. If they did that right, that would be awesome, I think. But they're, they're rehashing storylines that they've run before. They're, it's like Scream's NWO and Nexus all over again. Mm-hmm. Correct. And all these yeah, guys wrestling. Be, they all seem to be five foot five and shorter. They're not very big at all. So how intimidating are they really going to be to the main roster? I could bring y'all in and told the difference. I mean, they did say that that might not be the original group that's been going out there now, which I don't understand what the point is then, but yeah. It's the Dark Order. Basically. You know, funny thing, just a random thought. I was talking to Jeanette this week. And uh, Jeanette was telling me how, um, because I I, I told her about me going to Florida in a couple weeks, and she said that, like, the performance center, you could pull right up to. She's like, you could pull in the parking lot. She said it's an open parking lot right by the front door that I'm actually considering going to the performance center. Just being like, hey, what's up, guys? If you walk up to the performance center just the way you are right now and take a picture, (laughs) I'm down. All game for you know what you know what you got to do you got to buy some random wwe shirt that's current and get in line with the car take your swab test and you might be in the audience no i mean i i wouldn't want to give myself up i i i don't know i'm not bringing wwe clothes with me down to florida sorry maybe my hitman maybe my hitman shirt <laughs> he's afraid he's gonna run into Shayna baszler and get turned on not at all <laughs> Not at all. I want to run into Jeanette. <laughs> so anyways. Anyways. Um, speaking of WWE, uh, SummerSlam, there's a strong rumor being reported by several dirt sheets that Amway Center? What's the point of going into an empty stadium? I don't get that. Something different than the Performance Center, I suppose. Yeah, but if it's going to be empty, there's going to be no fans, no crowd there. It's going to be the same people you saw in the Performance Center. What's the difference? Do the thing under a 10 outside. Wait, so what, what What event is this going to be? SummerSlam? Summer. SummerSlam, they have not announced an official location. The rumor was there was going to be somewhere in the Northeast and Atlantic City was being considered like on an outdoor setting. And now today it came out. It looks like it's going to be the Amway Center in Orlando, which is where the Magic play. Like... If they're going to do that, I guarantee you the next marketing team is going to be like, oh, 150 bucks, and send a picture of yourself, and we'll have a cardboard cutout of you at ringside. They're going to totally bite off the MLB, and it, someone better do the weekend at Bernie's guy. Like, come on, it's only right. I'll pay for that. Yeah. There was a rumor about that them doing just that. There was also a rumor that they might do like what MLS and the some of the European soccer teams did where the fans like could tape their own video and they would play it on a board that would be around the ring side area. I I don't again, I don't get it. I know when MLS was doing it, I hated it. I thought it was stupid, but You could also do a big stage for this too. As opposed yeah. to something small at the performance center. You can make something Grand for them to walk out to, 
Freddie, I agree with you, but my personal opinion, though, like the entrances are just all bullshit aside from WrestleMania. Like WWE does not like put money into the entrances no more, which which has disappointed me for years because entrances are like a huge part of the show to me. I think they need to focus on the content. I mean, I don't care what the damn entrances look like. If the stuff you're putting in the ring and the storylines are shit, then who cares how big the entrance is? I've, I've always had a problem with the entrances being too focused on rather than the actual content of the show. I mean, I was excited when NXT did the in your house show and they brought back that entrance like that. I was like, Ooh, yes. Right. Tickled my fancy a little bit. Yeah. I have no idea why I hit that icon. Don't worry about so, it. So, guys, since you guys can't see what's going on, the encyclopedia actually just sent us all hearts. Um, we're not sure why, but he did. Because he loves us. <laughs> I know. He professed love in the beginning, too. That's, that's a lot of love here today. Yep. Can we throw some brother love music on right now? Thank you. Okay. Wow. That's a guy um, professing to love this whole show doing that tune. So, what do you guys think about Alexa Bliss with the Fiend? Do you think they should continue this? Uh, I I think it would be interesting if she kind of converted to be Sister Abigail. I think they got something here because she's kind of been stale for a while now, and it would give her something else to do. I mean, but what do you guys? Here's think of the that? thing: could they have something? Yes, I guess, but. Am I wrong to say it's a temporary thing, and then how do you get her back to the original Alexa Bliss? You can't have her be Sister Abigail forever. Her career would not progress. And so, in my opinion, this is going to be temporary. And how do you like just get her to go back to being Alexa Bliss? Like, I kind of feel like it's a waste of time almost. Well, what was she doing as Alexa Bliss lately? I mean, lately, but they're kind of limited in general. Like, this, the whole mm. shows are limited. There's some of them that you got like Sasha Banks and Bailey that have been hitting it out of the park every week since this has been going on. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they don't have that they couldn't have something for her. I mean, God knows I'd rather see her in some sort of storyline than Lacey Evans and Naomi fighting over who was a better karaoke singer and all that. Leave Lacey Evans out of this. Naomi could go any day though. I knew that was coming when I said Lacey. Her ship, her ship has I, sailed. Like she should go back. I feel with like that. it's it's a good change up for Alexa Bliss. She's been stuck in that tag team rut where she hasn't been really going anywhere. She was, you know, kind of Nia Jax's sidekick for a little while, and now she was with uh, Nikki Cross. So I feel like it, it's a good switch up. It could help move her character forward, give her some new angles, get her some new TV time, something different. And who knows? You know, she could turn on Bray Wyatt or, you know, whatever the case may be down the line. But I feel like right now it it could be good for for her and his character as well. I agree. I totally agree. Rob, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm for anything that's wrestling related. You know, this underground crap is to me is awful. These cinematic matches are terrible. This is something that actually is, you know, related to a storyline. I'm in. Let's try it. Yeah. Um, speaking of storylines, I'm just jumping back to NXT for one second. Uh, last night, they had the contract signing with Keith Lee and Killer Cross, uh, Karrion Cross. 
And when Keith Lee picked up the contract and opened it up, fire shot him in the eyes. What do you guys think of that? I laughed. <laughs> I thought it was stupid, but whatever. I mean, it's, you know. Something different. Yeah, other whatever. than you know, yeah. pushing and shoving, I'm going to slam it through this table. Yeah. A little different. I'll take it. The only thing I thought was missing was, I mean, they showed Mia Yim upset and concerned, and it showed when she wrestled a little bit later. Um, but when it was like Gargano, when it was the Gargano, she was getting all fired up and ready to take out Candace. I'm surprised she didn't try to call out Scarlett. I felt like that was that was missing. Why would Mia Yim just be like showing more worry when in the past it was, oh, I'm going to kick somebody's ass for this. I just think that's an odd looking couple. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she obviously knows what she likes. She likes, you know, big getting pounded, I guess. So. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> Bailey's tweet of the week. Yeah. Actually, I'm no, I get I'm giving the tweet of the week to MJF. The you fucked up moment, I'm not sure about, but I feel like it's the Young Bucks Dark Order ending because I no, think no, the, it was the, the Dark Order was out. It was the Jericho uh, Orange Cassidy. The end of that match looks super sloppy. We'll go with that because I didn't see it yet. They, I forget what they called it. the mouse trap is the rule or something, but like Jericho's too fat for the mouse trap. <laughs> It didn't come off well at all. Like when I saw it, I was like, "Why didn't they just do a small package or something?" Like I don't understand what they. No, that was the worst ending on the entire show. Like that was, it was not good. It was horrible. It was it was legit horrible. Like it was the you fucked up moment of the night, in my opinion. That pin was horrible. It didn't come off well at all for those who saw it. I I think you agree with me. For those who didn't, you should check it out because it's not good. No, not at all. As soon as we're done, I'll check that out. But um, it, do you think this hurts Cassidy's momentum then? Because no, no. he's been a strong point in no, that show, no? Not at all. I mean, he beat yeah. Jericho. I mean, you know. Yeah. And then uh, today, Bailey tweeted out, and Freddie was trying to bring this up. Freddie, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> Bailey tweeted out that Mandy Rose stole her haircut and claims that she stole her man as well. And then she showed Otis, like she was like grabbing his biceps and stuff. I was just like, oh my God, we're going to freaking see Bailey versus Mandy Rose next. Please no. That's going to be a tough watch. <laughs> Otis is going to hand the money in the bank to Mandy Rose to cash in on Bailey. Do they even acknowledge that he's got that case? something when he comes out with it that's about it so i guess he's never gonna cash that in right because you know rob the typical oh well we see the money in the bank briefcase without his hair <laughs> yeah, so either he's gonna lose it to somebody or he's gonna cash it in and not win right because you don't see him winning it winning the championship I, I don't, just let yeah. him just let him cash in for the tag championship and let them get a tag run off of it no i think he's gonna give it to her for the women's championship yeah <laughs> that's what i think's gonna happen i can see that Breathe that or he's going to eat eat it One or the other <laughs> Possibilities are endless Oh god Alright so Next week we'll come to you with our Takeover 30 and SummerSlam picks But um, we're going to get a little Historical now folks uh, SummerSlam is next week 
a couple years ago, I had Dennis Grow from the Audio Dungeon show on, and we talked about our top matches in SummerSlam history. And we, not that we're not going to bring that back because the other three guys on the show didn't get that opportunity, but we're going to probably save that till next year. What we wanted to do this year was our top five performers in SummerSlam history. So we want to give you our thoughts on who we thought the top five performers in the entire history of SummerSlam is so it doesn't necessarily have to be win most record it could be entertainment value it could be any really our own criteria which I'm sure each one of you guys will be sharing why you picked each person you did so you guys ready let's do it yeah okay um start off with number five uh which of you would like to go first Lex Luger okay and why because of the Lex Express that's it <laughs> the, the greatest buildup for a match. Lex so was that was that the match where you were entertained with the Lex, Lex Express? What, what, no, what it was wasn't your... a match. I thought I thought we were doing greatest performers. We are okay. Yeah. So it's not the match. It's the fact that he drove across the country in this bus, and <laughs> they filmed some great vignettes or whatever the hell they're called. And drove over the Tappan Zee Bridge. Yo, drove over the Tavern Z Bridge, and all I remember is, I'll be your hero. <laughs> I'm glad you sang it, because I was going to do it. That was, like, by far one of the greatest build-ups for SummerSlam. <laughs> for I'm, a count-out win. Like, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm, my, my picks are going to be random as hell, because I wasn't even Shocking. on here tonight, but I didn't want you guys to lose out on me, so I came. Shocking. <laughs> That's what she said. And then he came when he saw Shayna Baszler. See, Rob's hating already. Gosh, I thought these were our picks. He's hating on my picks already. You can pick anybody you want, Steven. Who was hating on your pick, Rob? No, he said they were going to be completely random. I'm like, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? So who's number? Freddie, you're number five, please. Uh, I'm going with Mankind for my number five. You know, he had his match with uh, was it Triple H and Austin he had his you know cage match with Triple H the Boiler Room Brawl which was a famous match so for me Mankind at five alright Rob alright well just missing the cut is Edge I debated my okay. uh, number five and it's either it was either going to be Triple H or Edge and I went with Triple H um, Triple H had a ladder match against The Rock. Um, he had a, a match against Mankind. He had a three-way match with, with Rock and Mankind. He had a really good match against Brock Lesnar. So I'll pick Triple H as number five. I wanted to pick Edge because of TLC, but then I was like, is it is it Edge and Christian or is it Edge and the Hardys? So I went with Triple H. <laughs> All right. Um, my honorable mentions... Uh, because I was having a hard time starting off with my number five. I had two honorable mentions I want to mention here. Uh, first off was the Ultimate Warrior for his moment at the 88 SummerSlam and 89, winning the Intercontinental title in crowd frenzy fashion in both cases. I uh, went undefeated at SummerSlam, never actually lost there. Uh, my other honorable mention is from SummerSlam 2007, and that is uh, Stevie G for the amazing moments he provided us from the crowd that night. I paid $40 and spent the entire time watching him. 
So thank you, Stevie. You guys have to realize I should rank up there a little more because it's not just one year. Wasn't just 2007. Wasn't it also Brock vs. Rock 2002? There's many SummerSlam moments featuring myself where I entertained you people and you don't even realize. No no campaigning. No campaigning. Listen, (laughs) I'm just saying facts, all right? Shawn Michaels calls right now. I might listen to him. I was on MTV Sunday Night Heat once. Like, come on. That's true, Rob. You could have nominated yourself. (laughs) <laughs> but it wasn't but it wasn't SummerSlam. But again, go on. You guys are doing serious picks. I'm gonna be myself. Go on. Who's next? Alright, so so my number five is Hulk Hogan. Uh he another guy that went undefeated at SummerSlam. He had the big moment winning the first main event at SummerSlam as part of the Mega Powers. Again with Brutus the Barber Beefcake in eighty nine. We had the Earthquake match where he slammed Earthquake onto a table and won by a count out of ninety. 91, him and Warrior in the match made in hell. And then who could forget the iconic moment of him carrying Shawn Michaels to a match at the 2005 SummerSlam. I mean, God, he almost took Michaels' head off with that big boot, remember? Um, That being said, I think Hogan's just been in too many big moments on the SummerSlam level, and that's why I picked him as my number five. And now we'll move on to our number fours. Jesse the Body Ventura as a referee at SummerSlam. Twice. Twice. <laughs> Two times, people. Two times. Yikes. <laughs> so why don't you nominate the timekeeper for the next one? <laughs> Listen, don't 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 think there's not more stuff. The guy coming. that sold me my shirt at <laughs> Don't worry, there's more coming. I think my only serious pick is gonna be my number one. His number one's going to be the girl that he hooked up with at 02. <laughs> Wait, these are the serious picks? No, I said no, I said oh, one, number one will be my serious pick. Okay, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, Rob, give us a serious pick for number four. <laughs> now they're calling them serious picks. <laughs> my number four pick. Of course, I can't do it up. I was, all right, I'll just tell you what it is. Never mind. Kurt Angle. Um, Kurt Angle, you know, to me, always delivers. Uh, and, you know, uh, he wrestled Stone Cold, uh, uh, Brock Lesnar, and I believe he wrestled Rey Mysterio, and I was at that show, and that was a great match. So you, Steven, and I were all at the same show then. Okay. Were you, so you were there in 02 when, for the Michaels Triple H match? Okay. Yeah, and that was one of my, one of my like, uh, sleeper favorite matches, the Mysterio Angle. So my number four is Kurt Angle. Nice. All right. Freddie, who's your number four? All right. So before I tell you my number four, I had some honorable mentions that I didn't uh, throw out there. Hard foundation. Honorable mentions. Uh, I just told you, you know. Poor Freddy. My number four, I'm going to go with Mr. Perfect for me. Oh, that's a good one. I'm not even, I'm not even messing with that. Good one. Like some of his classic matches with Brett. I mean, that 
what was that 90 91 with brett where that was you know brett won the title ripped off his trunks and then went up and celebrated with Stu in the crowd that was that was a great almost what 30 minutes that match went i want to say so for me that was that was a classic so perfect at four for me nice good choice um my number four i went with brock lesnar uh I think he's had just a great run at SummerSlam. He won his first title at the 2002 SummerSlam from The Rock to the point that he went in as the heel and the place actually was cheering for him and shit all over The Rock that night. Came back in 2012, destroyed Triple H. Had a great match with CM Punk. Entertained us when he suplexed John Cena. What was the running count? Like 14 times and the crowd was chanting each time he did it. Uh, That... There was the match against Randy Orton where he actually cut him open. Uh, we had the controversial match in 2015 with The Undertaker where Taker tapped out, but the referee didn't see it and counted counted Lesnar out instead. So Lesnar's been all over SummerSlam. He, he, he's got that quiet presence that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be making that impact at SummerSlam, yet he has. Um, that's why I got him at number four. All right, um, now that I put everyone to sleep, let's go to number three. Well, before I start with number three, since there's been so many honorable mentions, I'm going to give... Did the parking lot? No, 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 I'm going to give my honorable mention, which could be very well one of your top three mentions. My honorable mention is The Undertaker for two reasons. One, the, the face that him and Brock Lesnar made at each other in the 2015 SummerSlam. When Undertaker made that crazy face and Brock Lesnar laughed in his face. And two, one of the greatest matches in SummerSlam history, The Undertaker versus The Undertaker. I thought he was going to say Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> no, I thought that was WrestleMania 9. And they rematched at the 93 SummerSlam, even though for, it was Mr. Hughes that had stolen the earn. Anyway. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, my quote unquote honorable mention. Now, here's my number three. One of the greatest moments of SummerSlam history, uh, my number three goes to Owen Hart when he broke Stone Cold Steve Austin's neck. Wow. Vulnerable moments. Okay, people. Rest in peace, Owen Hart. We love you. you just threw um, out. Memorable. <laughs> just to let you know, memorable moments is the topic next week. Listen, I'll bring it up next week then, too, or I'll have five other ridiculous picks. All right? Relax. <laughs> I don't need any of your sass. <laughs> okay Rob you're number three well since you already pontificated about Brock Lesnar in 2002? I'm gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna say I agree with you Brock Lesnar's my number three and the only match I'll bring up that you didn't bring up was the one versus Joe Strowman and Reigns yeah yeah I, I did note that one I didn't mention it because I didn't feel like that stood out the same way, but yeah, that was a great match. So good call there. Ready? Me, my number three is Sean. Sean Michaels are number three for me. It's a good number three. Classic matches. Was Vader one of them? I know that wasn't a great match, but he did break his back at that point. Um, but he had classic matches all throughout the SummerSlams. 
I don't think he made it on there with the Rockers early on. He did. He he did one time, um, and Marty didn't. Actually, no, he he was injured. He had a knee injury, so they basically took him out of the match, and he basically stood on the apron screaming and holding his knee the whole time because I think Hercules hit him in the knee with the chain. So it was like power and glory basically destroyed Marty Jannetty for like five minutes. <laughs> and that, my friends, is why so, yeah. he's the encyclopedia. Exactly. He reigns. Uh, so Shawn Michaels at three for me. All right. Uh, my number three was actually somebody that Rob mentioned, uh, I believe, for his number five. My n- number three is Triple H. Um, as I was kind of researching on who I was going to, who I thought deserved to be on this list, there's just been a lot of iconic moments with Triple H at SummerSlam. The unsanctioned match with Shawn Michaels at the O2 event, uh, the ladder match win over the Rock at SummerSlam 1998, the steel cage match in 97 against Mankind. Uh, there was the triple threat match against mankind and mankind and Steve Austin for the WWF title at the 99 event where he actually got in Jesse Ventura's face. And then Jesse Ventura refused to count, count, uh, count the win for triple H at one point. And then speaking of referees twice, triple H was special guest referee and ended up causing or being a part of a money in the bank cash in first with CM Punk and then with Daniel Bryan. Both cashed in on while Triple H was special guest referee. So, uh, hats off to Triple H. Uh, he made more of a moment on SummerSlam than I expected, and he actually has he actually has more wins than losses at SummerSlam, which you can't say that about his WrestleMania record. So, <laughs> but yeah, Triple H is my number three. Well, let me ask you a question: When you made these picks, I'm seeing you because guys, you can't see what we're seeing, but when you look, Anthony's looking a little bit over off screen. Have you typed these out? And see, Encyclopedia does this for you people. Wait a minute. I did it too. Oh. Well, Rob, guess what? Are you guys? <laughs> so, <laughs> You're the so only you one. You are the outcast. None of you guys work on the fly. I'm still the Jerry Lawler of this podcast. Let's go. You're, you're an old pervert. You're going to have a home. <laughs> Listen, I, I'll say yes to both. So. <laughs> So nobody hit him with an elbow drop. Number two Two. is going to be awarded to two people, Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth, the match made in heaven. Also with Jake the Snake putting the Cobra in, and all all that rings through my ears anytime I think of that is Miss Elizabeth yelling, Randy! Randy! It's it's a beautiful moment. It's actually, they should have done a Hallmark movie on it. Horror acting, um, you know, everything Hallmark symbolizes. You know, you three all have wives. I mean, aside from Freddie, I'm sure your two wives watch Hallmark. I know Maddie watches some badass shit, so she ain't watching Hallmark. <laughs> Touche, Freddie, am I correct? Touche. Touche. Mark does not play in that house. Maybe during Christmas time. But, you know. All right, all right. We'll, we'll give them the Christmas movies. <laughs> Wait, did she make you thought, start through Christmas in July? <laughs> I thought at least you would have gone with the Warrior Macho Man match at, what was that, SummerSlam? Performers. Yeah. Listen. Moments is next no, no, week. I know, but he, he said uh, Macho Man and Elizabeth that 
perform. <laughs> and then he threw in Jake the Snake. All right, so then I will say my number two is Miss Elizabeth for her great performance that night. And I'm sure she was a great performance for Macho Man that night. Or was it Stephanie McMahon? Who knows? Um, All right. He he somehow overlooked when she tri- when Elizabeth stripped down in '88. No, was it? Oh yes, yes, yes. Into that cute little yellow and red outfit. But you know what? That was back in the '80s, where like the fact that the um, underwear and bikinis like covered their whole ass, people thought that was sexy. Even back then, I thought that wasn't enough. So, and I was only five. But I was gonna say five year old Stevie G did not approve. I'm like that ain't her butt cheeks. I don't want them. She's no Shayna Baszler, that's for sure. <laughs> oh my God, disgusting! Oh, you couldn't pay me. Ugh. Jesus, we are the last two people in this world. Human race would be fucked. <laughs> I'm gonna get my picture with Shayna Baszler and frame it and give it to him for Christmas. I I will seriously throw it in your face, Rob. Your second pick. I don't even my care who we're in. Uh, is Shawn Michaels. For all reasons mentioned. Mine, my number two goes to Undertaker. Hell in a Cell, Boiler Room Match. Undertaker versus Undertaker. Classic moments. Taker goes for number two for me. Anthony, to your sheet. Uh, my number two actually is the same as Rob's, uh, Shawn Michaels. Um, Specifically, 02 SummerSlam went his comeback. He had the second ladder match with Razor Ramon. Uh, the we want to go way back, SummerSlam '92 when he faced the model Rick Martel, and there was the stipulation: no hitting in the face, no hitting in the face. <laughs> Sensational shit. Um, beat the McMahons with Triple H at the 06 event. Uh, there was actually a segment in SummerSlam where he actually allowed his wife to get hit by Jericho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was actually at SummerSlam. Yep. Uh, the multiple finishes in the 96 title match uh, against Vader where he lost twice and still came out champion. And then the whole special referee segment in 97 uh, costing the Undertaker the match against Bret Hart. Um, and my number one Shawn Michaels moment for SummerSlam was the way he sold the big boot from Hulk Hogan at the 05 SummerSlam. <laughs> he like fell down, jumped up, ran around the ring, fell down again. <laughs> I got to go back and watch that. <laughs> but yeah, Shawn Michaels is my number two. And then there was one. My number one has been mentioned numerous times already. Um, it's it goes. It's my serious pick. It goes to Triple H. And a lot of matches he's had that I like. My by far favorite. And if I took these, these five more seriously, I think one of my picks would have gone to Shawn Michaels because of the uh, unsanctioned match that they had in 02 or 03, whatever it was. That's probably by far my um, favorite SummerSlam match, and I'll probably mention that next week. But something else that sells to Triple H, like Triple H is one of those guys that when they amp him up, like when they put those vignettes vignettes however fuck you say it i keep screwing that word up tonight but uh, when they put them together his are just always amazing and i'm gonna go back to that SummerSlam that anthony mentioned the one where i was you know the centerfold of the pay-per-view and 
the opening they did there. The opening, they go through each match and then like it gets interrupted and they do this thing where it's like it's like something on a space mountain, but they're focusing on like Triple H's knee. It's like doot 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 doot. We rebuilt. We redid this. Holy shit. And I think it's the craziest video ever. I'm just like, oh my god. They basically just said this motherfucker's Terminator. Cool. Come to the ring. Let's do this. That was like by far one of the best things they did for Triple H or SummerSlam was that opening for his big return. But yeah, seriously, Triple H is uh, my guy for uh, number one. Thanks for reminding us about that video. That also would explain why he was so enamored that he had to be ter- a Terminator coming out for his match against Sting at WrestleMania 31. Yeah, Triple H is a beast, man. That's what you get when you bang the boss's daughter. And marry her. <laughs> I mean, look, Savage and a decent career, right? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Right. Hey! <laughs> All right, my my number one is Brett the Hitman Hart. This guy did it in a tag team where he had memorable matches with the Hart Foundation against the Brain Busters, Demolition, great matches there. And then he had, you know, the classic with Bulldog and Perfect Taker. Like, the list just goes on and on with guys that Brett did business with at SummerSlam. And for me, I'll always remember those matches. So SummerSlam top performer for me is Brett the Hitman Hart. He even had some good moments. Uh, when was that? When he did the I Love Canada and I Hate America angle for a while. Like, didn't that spill into SummerSlam and then Survivor Series? When he was yeah, with and all them. Yeah, that was also great TV with Brett Hart, too. Yeah. When he destroyed the raw set, fucking awesome. Rob, my gosh, maybe stealing the gimmick, Steve. I know he stole my gimmick. If you look at any list, and and I, I did some, you know, I'm sure you guys did. I did some research. Every list, you know, best SummerSlam matches, top matches. Bret Hart's in like three of the top ten. So, I mean, you, you can't deny, you know, he, maybe he's not the best there was or the best there ever will be, but he's certainly Mr. SummerSlam in my opinion. So, All right. I think that that actually makes it unanimous for Sports Frenzy Podcast sold out because he, Bret Hart, was my number one as well. Uh, a lot of the stuff you both mentioned, overall record of seven wins, four losses at SummerSlam. Three consecutive tag team matches against the champs because he faced Demolition twice and the Brain Busters. Mind you, Brain Busters wasn't for the belts. Um, he classic moments beating Demolition for the tag belts when LOD came out uh, in that two out of three falls match to to kind of sway things with Demolition was playing with three guys. Uh, the match against Mister Perfect when he really started a singles run and became Intercontinental Champion, and then the classic he had with Bulldog at Wembley in '92. There was the whole Lawler fiasco where he had to first beat Doink because Lawler had gotten into a car accident and, according to Bobby Heenan, pulled children out of a fiery wreckage uh, uh, bus and all this other stuff. Steel Cage Classic with Owen Hart. No one mentioned that. Well, that's one of the top ten matches. That's what I was saying. If you you look at the list, that's one of them. Yeah. So. 
And that, yeah, that's one of the greatest matches in SummerSlam history. He somehow got a decent match out of Isaac Yankum in 95. And I mentioned earlier with Shawn Michaels part, a special guest referee in the match at 97. Well, Bret Hart played the perfect protagonist, egging Michaels on and hocking that loogie in his face to cause Michaels to swing the chair that Bret had brought into the ring and nail the Undertaker accidentally. And when just when you thought it was over, even though he, he was a bit part, he was involved in the whole Survivor Series-style match against Nexus at 2010. So Bret Hart's had quite a history at SummerSlam. Um, many great moments, most of it based on wrestling skill. So I agree with Freddie and Rob, Bret Hart, uh, top performer in SummerSlam history. So we want to know what you guys thought. Uh, who are your top five performers? Leave the comments on Instagram. Tweet it out to us, uh, Sports Frenzy Pod on Twitter, the Sports Frenzy Podcast on Instagram. You could comment to the post for this episode when it goes up. Next week, in addition to our SummerSlam and TakeOver picks, we're also going to give you our top five moments in SummerSlam history. Uh, some of those, I think, are, were mentioned here tonight, but we're actually going to rank them and bring them to you next week. Yo, quick thing now, you guys go. Did you guys happen to see this... Uh preview for the um you can't kill david arquette i did it actually looks awesome it does look good i'll t- freddie and rob you haven't seen it mm-hmm. i'll tag you guys it it actually looks so freaking good it does look interesting i was i want to know how much he paid his ex-wife courtney cox to appear on on that because she was on one scene and i was like it looks like they're having a serious conversation like can you make this comeback blah 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 yeah well, and they're both making a comeback in Scream 5. They are. I can't wait. Hopefully they don't ruin it. <laughs> Rob's like, oh, God, not another Scream I don't movie. think I've seen three or four. So Skip three. Yeah, three's the worst. Well, I mean, I like, I, I'll watch. I liked it, four. but yeah, three's the worst. I agree. Four they that. actually came back decent with. I never saw the TV series, but anyway, oh, this isn't uh, about horror movies. Now, before we wrap it up. One of my favorite moments that always sticks out to me for SummerSlam was when the, I believe it was the Bushwhackers and the Natural Disasters were going against each other. Andre was at ringside on his crutches, and I believe Natural Disasters were kind of cornering Andre and LOD's music hits, they come out, they stand with them. I popped super, super big watching it over and over on videotape as a kid. So for me, that was one of my favorite moments that always sticks out for me. I mean, we didn't do anything for SummerSlam tag teams. I would like to do an honorable mention, the Beverly Brothers. <laughs> When they fought those Steiner brothers, man. Good times. Um, Wait, did they not fight the Steiner brothers? <laughs> that was the 93 Royal I Rumble. I can't believe dude. no one mentioned Doink and Dink during this conversation, but, you know, all right. Listen, you know what, They were my Rob, number six. Rob, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I seriously thought about it, and I'm like, no, that's going to be too obvious. I think we've heard a couple moments already. We should just do it now. Um, but anyway, I, I... with the ice pack on his knee, another classic moment. Which one was that? <laughs> Jerry Lawler with the ice pack on his knee, trying to avoid Bret Hart and sending Doink in. Yeah. 
with a huge ice pack and crutches. Some old lady ran him off the road or something. I forgot what the excuse was. Something crazy. Oh, man. All right, so I guess that does it for us here at at the Sold Out Podcast. We thank you guys for listening. We thank you for, you know, tweeting at us, commenting, and following us along in our crazy weekly podcast that we do here with you guys. So, this Sports Frenzy Podcast.com, Sports Frenzy Podcast on Instagram, Sports Frenzy Pod on Twitter, and we will catch you guys next week. Peace.